Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. It's a big week. The Six Nations is right around the corner and we are down one world-class talent. Luckily enough, I've got two world-class lads next to me. Alan, you're back. I'm back. You don't look as good as Johnny BT to sit next to. <laughs> Jesus Christ, just coming might, at me. You might unfortunately going to weigh the same, but it's just a completely different sort of body <laughs> composition. I'd say. <laughs> Look, as I said, I was hungover on Sunday Sunday afternoon, or maybe it was like Monday morning. Post pod had been released. Just looking at the reviews coming in, saying best pod of all time, greatest pod of all time. The, the thing is, if we've been able to release the rest of the stories that he was telling us off air, Johnny B uncut. Exa- oh my word! Like we top top of those iTunes charts. Oh yeah, <laughs> worldwide. It was absolute gold. It was, yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it? Maybe one day we can put them out there. He did say he doesn't want to do a Q&A. Maybe a wee live, live event. Johnny Beatty Live. People love him. Can't mm. get enough of him. He is very good, and he's 100% going to make a career out of in TV in some capacity. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because, yeah. So Unlike much you. Super Unlike me. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt, you're here? I am here, Got your yep. legs out. Nice to see them. Yeah, I'm just really happy that we've already recorded 20 minutes that wasn't actually... Recorded. Not actually recording. Yeah. So this is actually the second take. Yeah. It's still this bad, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's a real shame. But you're yeah. okay? I'm good. I'm good, yeah. How are you feeling about Finn? Sad? We'll get on to it. I, I don't know. I'm pissed off. <laughs> and lots of people are, and they've been telling us on uh, Twitter, at Thistle Rugby Pod, on Instagram, Thistle understroke rugby understroke pod, and in the mailbag, that's the Thistle Rugby at gmail.com, we've had... SRU insiders, we've had sort of unnamed email accounts, we've had sort of freshly made Twitter accounts yeah. sliding into our DMs. It's 
It's like all the president's men around here. We it's are like just getting information. One of uh, Putin's like bot farms got a little side project helping us out with like deep dives yeah, into exactly, the yeah. SOU scandal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Putin's very concerned. <laughs> He's very, very concerned. Uh, so we're going to get right into Finn, as you would expect. We've also had a great chat with um, Scotland and Lions legend Rob Wainwright, who gives us his views on the Finn Russell scandal. Also helps us preview Ireland a little bit and talks to us about the great charitable initiative that he's running ahead of the England game uh, next week. So look forward to that. Um, any other news? Rambo re-signed for Edinburgh, which is good news for them. Yep. There yep. is an Argentinian lad who is a new, who is supposedly signed. Signed from Exeter. Signed yeah. from Exeter, who everyone says is really good, but I've literally never heard of. Yeah. So he must be terrible. But him, I guess, is, you know, if Xander's going to be essentially probably first choice tight head. Mm. And we, the World Cup pools are going to be drawn post our summer tour, which is oh dear. terrifying. <laughs> yeah, straight off the back of two hidings from South Africa and one from New Zealand. Yeah. I suppose they're so far above us in the world rankings that it doesn't actually affect us that much to lose to them away from home. Yeah, I think that was just sort of general feedback. On we Twitter need to beat today. France at Murrayfield. Yeah. Is that a big one? Like losing at home... I think is bad. Yeah, it's bad for your rankings. It's bad for rankings, particularly for teams ah. that are sort of in and around that your sort of bracket. Mm. Like if we beat one of Ireland or Wales We're fine. away, that would be great. Because uh, then we get more okay. ranking points. Is it after the summer tour or is it after November It's after well? November. So we've got Japan and Argentina at home as well. That could be a real kick in the oh, dear. teeth. We're getting it relegated from the World Cup like the under-20s. Yeah, That's what go, World Rugby won. Have you go through like the repassage and play like Russia with a playoff against Hong Kong? As I've said, a good trip. One one spin in the repassage would be really fun. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Mad- really, Madagascar really away or something. Yeah, I mean exactly. that's the dream. Ultimately, it'll end up being like rural Romania away, which would still be cool. Only r- rural Romania, not not the urban bits. Yeah, well, no, Bucharest would be all right. That's an Probably. urban area. Klub. Oh uh, no, mind. I thought you said. We'd only be playing rural Romania. And I was like, okay. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Fine. Anyway. Right, I, think we can pro- I think we can probably leave that yeah. there. Part of that. We've, um, we'll cut it out. Let's talk Finn. <laughs> should we talk Finn? So should I take, take you and our listeners through the facts, the chronological yeah. facts as we understand them? So Finn playing against Saracens in London for Racing 92 loses. Private jet with Sean Maitland up to Edinburgh. <laughs> possible private jet. Possible charter flight. Who knows? Um, couple of beers. I think that's the accepted amount of beers that happened between Finn and yeah. Sean Maitland in the flight. Gets to Edinburgh. Goes to the team hotel to meet up with the rest of the Scotland squad. Continues drinking on his own, as we understand it. Are you sure he was on his own? That is certainly the line that he was drinking on his own. Okay. Um, senior players asked him to stop. Senior players, we think Hogg, Brown, and Rambo seem to be the and three. Gilchrist. And Gilchrist. Are the sen- I think that's the senior player group. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it could. I suppose there's other senior players who wouldn't fit into that group. But yeah, yeah. You can imagine that it's somebody with that sort. It's going to have to be somebody with quite a bit of clout to go up to Finn and yeah. say, "You need to stop doing that." I'm reading it as Stuart Hogg, but other people can interpret yeah. it as they as they like. 
Um, we then understand this may again that somebody went and woke up Gregor Townsend who was in bed at mm. this time. Might have been James Robson the doctor, might not have been James Robson the doctor. Tooney then comes down, has a confrontation with Finn. We don't really know anybody, doesn't know what the sort of back and forth there was. Finn's parents then come and pick him up, take him home to Sterling. So that's Sunday night into Monday morning. Monday morning, Scotland are training. Finn's due to be there. Finn does not turn up. We, we don't know whether he didn't turn up though, or he was told not to come. That's true. Sorry. And I will see you. And then they had this meeting later on. It might sure. have said... Scotland were training meeting, on Monday morning train. and Finn was not there. Yeah. Monday evening, long conversation between Finn and Townsend, two, two and a half hours, allegedly on good terms, which was then left with, you're not going to be considered for Ireland, but we want you to stay with the squad, help Adam prepare and be part of the, um, be part of the preparation for the first game of the tournament. You will then be considered for, presumably considered, considered for selection for England and for the rest of the tournament. Mm. Now, it seems at this stage that from what Townsend's been saying and what's been reported that he kind of thought that Finn had sort of said, yeah, that's decent, I'm okay with that. But something's happened or he's changed his mind. He's gone back to France at some stage, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday morning, that when the story starts to break, Wednesday, Thursday, he then, Finn plays rugby on Saturday against... Between Thursday and Saturday, Finn liked numerous posts on Twitter, yeah. including some that said, you've got to stand up for yourself. Yeah. You've got to stand up for yourself. Ali Price didn't cover himself in huge amounts of glory by sort of getting in on it a little bit with a supportive gif, I believe, of a tweet that Simon Zebo had put out yeah. defending Finn, mm. which was rapidly taken down. But we managed to get a screenshot of it if you haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> Finn then plays rugby Saturday, takes a pretty obnoxious tops off photo. <laughs> I think, the, I think just to, once again, to add color to this kind of narrative, though, it, he's, just, he's just posing normally in other bits of that. There's a video of them celebrating, and he's not, like, the whole time doing this sort of obnoxious pose. Ah, like, he's, he's not just standing there, like, the camera flashes quite a lot, and at that point, he decides to do it for, like, genuinely a second or two. Why has he got his top off? I mean, he does it. He's, he does he it. is the only one that has top off, he, it seems, I mean, I've funny. seen that video. He does do it when he knows he's being filmed or, you know, a photo taken of him. I think it is a deliberate yeah. action. It's not like he shrugged accidentally and it looks like he's gone for it. He's, I think he does it did for he, a few seconds. Did he post that photo? No. No, I think it's a rassing, but it was a rassing sort of, look how great we're doing. Yeah, anyway, I, 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 I don't, I don't personally not, that. not much to no, it. But, but again, as we'll come on to talk, I think optics are quite important here. So mm. that's Saturday evening. Next, Finn then, nobody really knows next thing we know private jet to dubai <laughs> it feels like a private jet to dubai adam ash's instagram um which is private technically but there's like thousands of people that follow him so yeah. not that private yeah um, a, lot, a lot of people leaked that yeah exactly and um we get sent yes a photo of finn in dubai with adam ash with with a nightclub tagged yeah That's the tag is that right nightclub yeah. tag Check, checked out supposedly it was one of like Greasy's hottest nightclub that's been brought to Dubai. <laughs> wow. If there's a sentence that I would expect Finn Russell to go to, it would be that. It would definitely be yeah. that club. Yeah. Um, and that's about as much as we know now. I think we come into this week. Gregor Townsend's been out in the press saying no one's bigger than the team, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, backed up by Fraser Brown as well. Yeah. And then Hugh Jones has been out in the press this morning. Obviously still being asked about it. It's still the biggest story in town. Hugh Jones' line is that 
he thinks that the public and the media are making too big a deal of it. Um, and here we are on Wednesday evening making a big deal of it. Alan, what do you think about it? Maybe let's go back to the start and rumours of stuff before um, this incident. So obviously there's been the kind of all the chat about the halftime and the Calcutta Cup, the, the Twickenham half-time, which has ranged yeah. from discussion to argument and everything in between, and the fact that Finn thought they were kicking too much and uh, he didn't want to go with Tooney's game yeah. plan. Although I actually think if you look at the stats, they didn't really change their game that much between the two halves. Um, but again, generally accepted that there was a disagreement between yeah. Townsend and Finn on strategy in that England game. But then I think if you ultimately look at a lot of what people say, I think they say it's actually healthy to have yeah, debate mm. in a change room, especially when you're losing. You don't want people in silence just listening to one coach. Um, obviously, Finn's dad has been has had an unfair dismissal case against the SOU and won. Mm. And there is clearly some significant bad blood between the SOU and Keith Russell and supposedly Finn is not a fan of Mark Dodson. Which you can understand. Which you can completely understand, right? Um, and then I think the third point, which is probably listened to on James Downey, was on the Off the Ball podcast a couple of days ago. And he obviously was at Glasgow when it was Tooney and Finn mm. Russell. And he, he indicated then that even back in the day, that Tooney and Russell, he didn't say they had arguments or anything, but like A, him and Tooney would clash over stuff. Tooney had a game plan and Finn would just do what he wanted sometimes. And also said that even back then, Tooney tried to cut down on the Glasgow drinking culture. Right. And isn't wasn't a fan of sort of boozing. Mm. Interestingly, on the James Downey point, because he's probably the only player under that's been under Tooney that I've really heard talk really openly mm, about yeah. Tooney. And interestingly, what he said in that was he was the most like d- detailed orientated and probably the best, like it's only like analytical coach that he's played under. Mm. I think he's had caps for Ireland and stuff. So, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of caps and monster from Northampton. Exactly. He then was insinuating that Tooney was probably the worst man manager mm. he's ever, he's ever had. Okay. And he was saying that it was surprising for him to have a coach who was an ex-player to be actually such a poor manager of players. Mm. So I guess that's kind of like some context coming yeah, into yeah, this. Yeah, it? yeah. I, I think sort of if I were to um, sort of put myself in Finn's shoes, I'd take all that on board. And, and I wonder if Townsend is guilty of poor man management in this instance and that although everyone should be um you know held to a certain standard that maybe it required a bit more of an arm around the shoulder or just a bit more sort of considering he Finn clearly is a sort of maybe he's got that rebellious streak in him and that's what makes him a good player right yeah so maybe there needs to be a bit of sort of kid gloves around it. I have, however, I have some sympathy. Well, that. however, that that is not my my view. I I really do think <laughs> that I'm just I'm just trying to play devil's advocate yeah, yeah, and no, just trying to look at the incident itself and then kind of the behaviour post. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of the incident, I think even at its most mild level, the things that we know of that he turned up 
having had a few drinks, I think if he hadn't touched a drop of alcohol post that, everyone would have been like, that's totally fair, you've been playing rugby. Mm. Even if he's had a few beers in the bar afterwards and it's gotten to maybe 11 o'clock at night and then they say, Finn, look, we're training in the morning. Yeah. Let's, call, let's knock it on the head. It's a senior player saying that. Could I mean, yeah. not, not even speculating that it could be the captain, but look, it's a senior player saying, you're, you're a senior person yourself. So you're setting an example. Stop. He's not done that. And what he was doing was enough so that whatever he was doing in the bar was enough to make it apparent to senior people who've been in Scotland yeah. camp for a long time, yeah. administrators and other coaches, that they need to go and wake up Gregor Townsend. Yeah. So, yeah, I, mean, yeah like, I think that's a very, that's that, almost like the most important point, actually. It's not been dealt with. Like, it could have been dealt with in so many different ways. I think it feels to me that I think if it had been any other player in the squad, literally any other player in the squad, they may well have been sent home at that moment. I think your kid gloves are possibly Townsend being like, right, let's get Finn in on Monday night. Let's have a chat. Let's sort of yeah. present him with the options and say to you, you've done this. There are consequences for your actions, but we want you to stay in here. Mm. And then it's been Finn's choice to then leave. 100%. I just it, think if that, that had been Blair Kinghorn, I guarantee you he would have been like asked to be to like make an apology to the team. Yeah. And it would have probably been sent yeah. home. Yeah. And I think someone look at like what happened to Bradbury went out on the piss when he was Edinburgh captain, he's a yeah. young lad, but like he was pretty much cut, taking the captaincy away from him. He's sort of out mm. in the cold for a little bit. Yeah, but it just feels that if it had been maybe Finn Hogg, maybe could possibly have had this sort of level of antics and still gotten away with it to a certain level. Yeah, but I think I think Townsend's absolutely right in the way he's dealt with it. And I think particularly with you know the the quite petulant social media stuff and the. Um, so yeah, yeah, there's then the then the yeah. behavior post. Absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess there's there's just the leaving the hotel anyway. Straight getting, away. I, getting your parents to come and pick you up. I know. I, I'm come sorry, on. you earn seven hundred fifty grand, just get an Uber Lux. I know it's sterling, <laughs> right? But it's like a couple hundred pounds. Like <laughs> They must have been in Edinburgh. Yeah, I'm sure they must have. There's yeah. the liking of the tweets. It's like just stay off and I know. be fucking quiet. And then I like the fact he's gone and played for like Castro played, but then don't go to Dubai when everyone else is in camp. Mm. Like it just looks so bad. That's, and actually, that... I think the fact I don't know it felt weird to me that he was there with like other Adam Ash is still kind of an SRU employee. It kind of felt as if Adam Ash was taking that photo to show how funny it all was. Yeah, it was a bit like yeah. And I think it's the same with with Ali Price liking those tweets and. Even though it's completely removed, like Simon Zebra posting things, it's like you're all you are all like professional athletes and like grown men with like you know quite a lot of responsibilities. Like, really, is this how you're going to conduct yourselves? Yeah. For for like a you know what what is ultimately like a kind of I don't know a, a disciplinary type matter. Yeah. Like I felt I found that really disappointing. You would think that even if you were if he was i guess this is me being a fan i think if he was very contrite and wanted to show that he was you know very sorry even if he has stormed out of camp on the sunday night and ha- or, or on the tuesday or whatever it is and he's had yeah. that bust up you'd think the cold light of day he'd think christ i actually you know i've got a big stake in my life of playing for scotland i love doing it i'm gonna mm. you know sit on my hands i'll go and do my job at racing to show that i'm still you know focused on rugby yeah, and then I would just be thinking, right? When can I get back in and around the squad? And I just think the way he's behaved. Is yeah, been, I think it, it's it, really, it's it kind I, of I, really distasteful. Yeah, uh, and then but on the other side of it, like you know, you, you, we don't know what's going on in his 
personal life. We don't know whether yeah, like true. having moved to France, I don't know. People are saying that he like loves the high life there and like likes to drink. It might be more serious than that. Don't know. But then you sort of think like, who has he got, you know, um, advising him in Paris? Like he lives on his own by all accounts. I think Racing Metro don't, they obviously don't play in the center of Paris. Yeah, yeah. It could probably be pretty like isolated pretty life. Lonely, yeah. Who's your 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 best friend who speaks English is Simon Zebo, who by all accounts isn't the kind of sharpest tool in the box. Like, no, no, seriously. I mean, that no, as, no, as shown right. by like the tweets he's doing and stuff. Like, those are the kind of people that are are advising you. And I mean, I mean, obviously the guys who are in charge of racing don't really give a shit if if Finn isn't playing for Scotland. Like, they want the the most out of their asset. It's interesting though. Does, if it feels like there potentially is a little bit of a divide between you know certain employees of the SRU because you know ultimately you know Finn's clearly like a well-liked guy in that mm. team right and you know players have obviously come out quite hard clearly there's been like senior players have pushed back and it sounds like a lot of the decisions that have made have been driven by yeah. senior players as well however on the other hand you have people in the squad liking tweets in support of Gregor Townsend mm. it kind of sounds like Chris Ashton or oh, it was on the BBC pod talking about it in quite a light way and he's probably got the information from Byron McGuigan, right? That's what I, or even Finn. Or even, and then you got Adam Ash like going out with Finn to like Dubai. It just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think there's loads more to come out in the yeah. wash. And I, I also think that this, despite Keith Russell, not that I know Keith Russell at all, but despite him having that well, awful... Keith. You know, despite him having that awful experience at the SRU, I just can't see him sort of advising Finn to to take the steps that he's taken. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I could be completely speaking out of turn here, but I just can't really see as, as well his revenge against the RCU. I just, I just can't see him doing that because, because if it's purely just the rugby side of things, he will obviously want Finn playing for Scotland because he, he'll want them to do as best as possible. It's an interesting dynamic as well because I think it's pretty clear that one of the players telling Finn to stop with Stuart Hogg. That's kind of probably, weird. and you know, it was an interesting dynamic post rugby World Cup because. There wasn't really, post kind of the debacle that was, there wasn't really a clear leader or a mm. clear captain emerging. Yeah, we yeah. talked about the fact that is Hogg the right person to be captain? Is fullback the right person, right position? Kind of, you want obviously someone who is a guaranteed starter. And we were even talking about the game this this Saturday. Yeah. There's not many people who are guaranteed yeah, yeah. stars in there. Yeah. And in terms of people who have enough experience, you're probably looking at Finn and Stuart Hogg. Yeah. And both pretty big characters, and you know it's it's a pretty hard situation. If you know, you got to imagine if someone like Stuart Hogg, who is first time being captain, first literally first night of the training camp of the Six yeah. Nations, yeah, and he's having to tell and assert authority on probably the other person who's probably the most senior, yeah, um, player in the squad. It's just like an interesting like dynamic, yeah. and you know you can yeah. Probably... I... Considering the personal history of those, they've come through together at Glasgow, yeah, yeah into yeah. the Scotland team, similar ages, yeah. similar ages. They've known don't... each other for yeah, a long time. Yeah, but we don't time. know if they they might, might have always not liked each other. I think the other thing though is like you know I'm just, no, <laughs> no that's you know, totally true. I think we that's, don't, that's, that that's a theory that I think people know, have sort yeah. of come up with to fit to fit the narrative. But um, I mean the other thing is it's not as if like. Finn's ever done anything like this before, I don't think. Like, the most, no, I, can, the most I can see is, like, that... The, the only evidence of him, like, liking a drink is him... That photo of him and Laidlaw. 
and everyone loved that. VIP, totally fair, VIP yeah. why not? Exactly. Like, everyone cut. loving it. So I just found that whole thing that sort of like everyone's sort of like, oh yeah, well, Finn's clearly a bit of like a prima donna and he thinks he's the main man and everything. And maybe you get that from his attitude on the pitch, but I've never seen any sign of this before. Uh, yeah, and I feel like the last nine months, and you know, maybe a bit a lot of it's PR, but a lot of the narrative has been like Finn wants to be like a world class yeah. fly half. He Ab- takes his rugby, taking yeah. it very, very seriously, extremely seriously, and that appears to not just be coming out of like you know club comms, but from journalists as well. Yeah, who have either gone out, who've gone and spoken to him, or speaking mm. people around him. So, yeah, I, I know what you mean like it's kind of come a little bit out of nowhere. I would say, but then maybe I don't know, maybe going around in circles here, but maybe now that he's sort of been let off the leash a bit in Paris, like he is enjoying himself, and he's like. We'll go out for a few drinks, and he's happy, and that's when he's playing his best rugby. And maybe he's sort of convinced himself of that, and it could be the case. And then to be told, you know, you can't do this. Yeah, I think that's the other thing that maybe I don't know if you sort of impose like strict limits on drinking, or if Townsend doesn't like drinking, I think that's always just bound to blow up in your face. Yeah, like these are like young adults who, you know, you can't fully control. You don't want to be too much like a school teacher. Basically, it's not like. You know, the Scotland players in general are like a lot of those senior players don't have the kind of aura of like, you know, a Johnny Wilkinson or like players who are a bit like teetotal and don't like to have drinks. Like, yeah, Hogg clearly loves Guinness and like <laughs> yeah. loves getting pissed when the situation calls for it. Well, yeah, I, that's that's the other thing that I think we talked about before, but you know, it's like less than a week until the opening match of the Six Nations. And if he is serious about being sort of the best 10 in the world, like, can you not? leave it for five days yeah and it yeah no agreed and i think it's interesting i've been surprised at how split opinion has been probably the most one of the most Mm. splits i've ever seen on especially kind of people engaging engaging with us on twitter where you get a lot of people who are very far in team finn yeah and a lot of people who are very far in team townsend and i think you're right i think if you had any other player and if you had a and if it was Vern Cotter or richard cockrell i think 99% 99% of people would be team coach. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just, it is Finn. I mean, Finn and Hoggy are our two world-class, ironed-on, world-famous rugby players. Yeah. They are the faces, they will be used in every Six Nations ad campaign this year when they're talking about Scotland or anything like that. Like, so they are... Hugh Jones pokes around in that Also group. be Hugh Jones because he's very... No, handsome. he's back in the fold as well. From, like, a PR market yeah, yeah. But, I think, but you understand Sorry. what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> hot rugby players. Um, Marketable yeah. rugby players. Yeah. Um, you've completely taken off my train of thought. No. I, mean, like, I, I, I know what you mean. What, I, what mean. I was trying to say is that, you know, I think you would have thought, and this is what does surprise me a bit about, and particularly his, his actions after the fact, Finn knows that. Finn knows his role as a senior Scotland player. And up until this point, I would have said he's embraced and loved that part of the yeah role. exactly you couldn't really fault him so in sort of behavior there's obviously terms. something quite which leads me to think there's obviously something quite deep rooted in this relationship with Tooney and are the sru that this particular instance has brought it to a head hmm. and i mean all i can say is i absolutely hope he's back for the england game yeah but i am entirely supportive of the way in which townsend has dealt with it Firstly, in offering him that reconciliation of sort of, you know, proving that he is a real team man and he will happily stand on the sidelines and help Adam Hastings deliver a great performance against Ireland. Yeah. 
recognizing that he's made a mistake. And then secondly, when Finn's gone and sort of turned his back on that seemingly and has acted a little bit petulantly on social media and things like that, I think the messaging that he's been putting out there is no one's bigger than the team playing for this team, playing for Scotland should be the biggest honor of any athlete's career. And if they don't want that, like whatever, you've got to prove. Yeah. I think it was like two hours between the pre-recorded statement of Townsend saying, if you want to play for Scotland, you've got to, I hope Finn's like thinking about his actions. And then that photo, granted we put it online, but two hours later, <laughs> two hours later. But yeah, no, it's But that's what made it newsworthy is that, your head coach is saying, Finn, I hope you're thinking about your actions. Yeah. And Finn's in a nightclub in Dubai with a glass of red wine and a glass of water, to be fair. To, to, <laughs> and a meal. And a meal. You know, so he was breaking down you know, that red wine. I just wine. think it's, um, yeah, it's. And I, I think the other thing that's sort of undeniable and is black and white is that it's going to undoubtedly have a massive impact on their preparation for this week. Oh, yeah. Like, both in terms of the technical on the field sort of switching around positions, having to probably alter your game plan, plan slightly because Hastings... I mean, he's a similar player, but... Yeah, I was trying to think. Well, in terms of differences, I was going to say, probably a better running game in terms of pers- like in terms of breaking the game line. Possibly, yeah. But in terms of just general kind of... I think it's control as control well. Control and handling. Yeah. Like, should we, should we save this for a little bit of an Ireland preview? Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into all of that, uh, we had a great chat earlier with um, Scotland and Lions uh, legend Rob Wainwright. Here is what he had to say. And delighted to be joined on the line uh, live from the Hebrides, uh, Scotland and Lions legend Rob Wainwright. Rob, how are you, man? Very good, very good here. Thanks for for having me on and uh, yourselves. Yeah, we're we're cracking on. Looking forward to uh, the Six Nations. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to be following that. What do, you, what do you think about Scotland's chances against Ireland? Well, we've, we'll be down at the Cole Hotel uh, watching it and getting three bacon rolls or something like that. The, the, the World Cup's established a new routine, which has been very welcome. Uh, and uh, uh, the Cole Hotel, at least. But I, Ireland, well, the, obviously the, the Six Nations is... Scotland have got a lot to prove after a, a World Cup that I think we'd all say disappointed. But I, I, I think there's a lot of good signs. And it doesn't always work out this way. But if you look at our five main matches, we've got two home matches. France at home is always a winnable game. It's yeah. kind of up to us whether we win it. England, we've got our best record against rather bizarrely at the moment. So um, it, again, is a winnable. It'll be a very tough thing to, game to win, but it's winnable. And our heads have, you know, Heads can cope with that one. Uh, Italy away, we should be winning. And then the two big ones, Ireland and Wales away, both with new management, both having lost some key players uh, through retirement. So, you know, there might be a leadership hiatus. And uh, so if you look at it, the broad pitch is very good. Obviously, we've got to convert the picture into into results there. Absolutely. Um, you wouldn't say it's been a classic build-up for the Scotland squads. Um, obviously, with uh, with the antics with Finn Russell earlier yes. this this week. Um, what's your view on that and how that could sort of disrupt the squad? 
Well, if if I was to um, to look at the later side of it, then I would say it is a classic build-up to a Scotland game because that's how <laughs> most build-ups to Scotland games were <laughs> 30 years ago. Um, except we never met on a Monday. We, we met on a, a Thursday or the scrum might come in for a scrummaging on a Wednesday night. And certainly <laughs> I just came in at the end of, you know, of really heavy drinking era. Thursday night was, was a team building out on the, out in the town. Uh, and, you know, ni- 1980s, that's the, the way it was. So in, in terms of um, Finn's behaviour, uh, I don't bat an eyelid at, but the, the signs <laughs> it's sending, obviously, um, uh, I don't know, you don't know, we, we don't know what's going on yeah. in there, but, but it's, it's not a good sign in terms of the relationship that uh, Finn has with uh, one assumes the management, but uh, yeah. uh, but I don't know. It's 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 not a good sign. Obviously, it's a loss. But I um, want to look at the positives. Um, uh, young Mister Hastings has been playing uh, very well in the build up to this, and it's an opportunity. He can seize it, and uh, Finn, you know, Finn can be brilliant. Finn is un- unbelievably gifted player, but he-, he can have bad days, and and the more gifted a player is. When they have a bad day, you know, the worse it can be sometimes. So uh, I say Hastings got his chance. Let's uh, brush over what's happened. Hope that, uh, that that things are sorted out between Finn and uh, and whoever he's got issues with. Yeah. And uh, and we get on with it. But in the meantime, brush it under the carpet and look forward to playing with the, the men that are starting. Quite right, too. Um, we, we're having a, look, a bit of a look back. Your record against Ireland wasn't wasn't too bad we we made you unbeaten in the five nations against uh against ireland yeah we did i think apparently we drew a game six all um ah, you don't need I to talk about that one <laughs> i can't i can't actually remember that but but we now ireland ireland was was a banker in in those days and uh, against the trend but it's it's about mindset isn't it if you if you go into a game knowing that you've beaten them the year before and the year before that then uh is the, the confidence, the you know, the form you take it into the game is is different. And conversely, we we had a real issue with with England, uh, and really struggled to get our heads around the idea of beating them. And uh, and the the nineties from nineteen ninety to uh, well, I think it was two thousand. That was ten years without a win against England, which is not you know rather a disappointing time to be playing from that point of view. <laughs> yeah, uh, in a Scotland side because. Uh, you know, it, for everyone, that's the big fixture, isn't it? And you mentioned England there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you and um, some other uh, rugby legends are up to uh, next week um, before the Calcutta Cup match in uh, in Edinburgh? Yeah, we we um, last year, Mark Bowman uh, and a couple of other endurance riders and myself uh, got the match ball from the team in uh, Murrayfield wrote it down for raising money for Doddy's foundation. And this year we're doing it in the other direction. And uh, um, again, we're, we're raising for Doddy's amazing foundation that I'm sure everyone knows all about. And uh, uh, we're also raising money for, for Tom Smith's charity of choice. Uh, as you may or may not know, Tom's suffering from uh, stage four bowel cancer. So we are going with a, a the charity of his choice, Fortitude, which uh, is researches into bowel cancer. And um, we are cycling in the other direction, 500 miles in 48 hours from Twickenham with a match ball presented by 
my old mate Jason Leonard uh, at Twickenham, and we've got to get it up in time for kickoff uh, on the Saturday. So we've uh, we've got a team of ten core riders, and we'll be joined by a, a number of people along the way. We hope, uh, including some of my old adversaries and teammates from uh, yesteryear when we set off from Twickenham in particular. Um, so we've got some real, got some an amazing spread of players from recently retired Kelly Brown, John Barkley riding with us. And then we've got uh, Roger Arneal, who's 75, that's uh, wow. doing the last section with us. So uh, it's, it, um, it brings great hope for us as we get older that uh, <laughs> age 75, we could still be riding long distances on a bike. Uh, but uh, we we would love people to come and join us uh, uh, along the route. We've, uh, it's all there on woundedlions500.co.uk if people are looking for details. And, uh, and the support we've had so far has been absolutely amazing. We've already raised more money than we raised last year, and that's just from... Um, some very generous sponsorship from lights of uh, Foster Rock, the Creera Group, and Newbury, uh, our main sponsors, and many others. And uh, we're so grateful to them. We're already over seventy grand, and uh, we're hoping to break hundred grand. That's absolutely incredible. And um, what what were your sort of main memories from from last year? The sort of the the high and the <laughs> high and the low points, I suppose. Well, the. Yeah, there was quite a lot of low points because uh, <laughs> within a few hours of starting, we we were way off our schedule. And we were catching up the whole way, so we we hit headwinds and 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 rain and it, cycling's a lot harder going into a wind. If you've done any, you'll know that. And our plan was to have five hours sleep down in Oxfordshire, and that ended up being thirty-five minutes. So. My memories are of, of exhaustion and my first hallucination on a bike and and various other things. But, uh, you know, as ever with all these things, it was another team event. We had a fantastic support crew with us, a good bunch of lads riding and people that came in and helped us. My, probably my best memory is being rescu- rescued down in a, in a, near um, Dudley in the West Midlands by uh, a cycle club who came out in the middle of the night and... Uh, and dragged uh, Mark and myself across uh, into Oxfordshire uh, like a husky train dragging us along <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and then waved us goodbye and cycled back uh, all the way back to where they'd come from. But uh, it was, yeah, it, it was a tough challenge and we hope that the wind might be a bit more helpful this year. And, um, and what have you got planned for sort of the, the celebrations afterwards to, to mark the... <laughs> You know the the hopeful uh, successful trip. Yeah, um, uh, sleep probably uh, is is the short answer. Last year, well, last year we got down and after half half of the Calcutta Cup, um, we were we were all set to say she would just pack it in and, and head off. And yeah. Like like so many other uh, Scottish supporters, uh, it was just uh, Mark and Ali's try that just held us there. Uh, and over half time, and we were pretty much packing up over half time, and then uh, you know, ready for bed. Because when you've done 500 miles on uh, whatever I was on, less than an hour's sleep in two days, you uh, you just you've got one thing on your mind. But we stayed, and uh, what an amazing second half it was! And uh, more of the same this year would be very welcome. 
Absolutely. Well, Rob, we'll uh, we'll let you get back to it. Um, thanks very much for uh, for joining us, and uh, all the best for the rides. And let's hope you bring that uh, bring that luck to the Scotland team. Well, hopefully the ball will work in both halves this year. But uh, thank you very much for having us on. And uh, as I said, anyone that wants to come and ride a section with us, uh, go to woundedlions500.co.uk and you can see timeline and itinerary there. Thank you. Awesome, Rob. Cheers, mate. Cheers, then. Okay, great to hear from Rob. If you can, get on to uh, the website and support them as much as they can as they deliver, hopefully, the magic match ball to the Calcutta Cup. But before we what, get there... What happens if they don't make it in time? Uh, they won't play. It's cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's in the small print that Scotland win if they don't make it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Calcutta Cup's in... The match ball's in limbo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just stuck lives. in, like... They've got the Northern Corridor. Real headwind going up the A1. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. They've got to play with one of those like old stitched like leather balls. <laughs> That's the only one they can find. Um, <laughs> but before we got there, we've got the very intimidating prospect of Ireland over uh, in Dublin. We're recording on Wednesday night. The team, Scotland team is going to be announced uh, mid-morning tomorrow. So actually, when you're listening to this, you'll probably already know the team. So what we're about to say about our perspective team is either really good or, you know, we were fed bad information. So, interesting. Should we should we run through what we think the starting team's going to be? Yeah. Yeah, what do we think? Dell Brown, Ferguson. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Del Brown, Ferguson, maybe, so. maybe Nell, three. Yeah, I kind of thought Nell, but then... I think Fraser Brown, definitely, because he's been doing media, which yeah. is the guiding principle for all of my reasons what my yes. team selections are. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just like, yeah, I get Nell, but it feels like Feg- Ferguson's performances have like stepped up throughout this year. Agreed. And he's given away the most penalties in the Heineken Cup this year. Yeah. yeah, he stepped up to a Scotland level. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my actually main concern. Well, two concerns, and I'm not 100% convinced on his scrummaging. Whereas now he's going to keep up that scrum. He will scrummage against... And I think he's okay in the tight. He's not like a Gordon Reed. He's not like a, a, a you know... Who's Gordon Reed? <laughs> Gordy Reed. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um <laughs> I get the I get the rationale for and against. I think one of my issues with Ireland is they've got such like a powerful dynamic forward pack who I again and we all share about gonna be worried that 
whether it's in the tight or whether it's just running off Connor Murray, they're just going to consistently just get over the game line and get quick ball. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Xander Ferguson is one of the few players, especially around tight five, that can probably do a lot to actually counter that. And I, I well, cause think because he's, he's fit enough, fit enough. I think he's way more dynamic and aggressive than mm. Nell in defense and attack. Maybe it's time to sort of start evolving the team a bit more. Yeah. I think it's sort of my sort of main concern with Scotland is like they're sort of caught between two stools. Whether you pick like the likes of Fagerson, um and maybe some like lighter guys in the backs and in the back row, or you go for like the more huge. solid. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking of sort of maybe the more solid guys because you want to be able to stand up to the Irish challenge, yeah. or you yeah. try and play this fastest branded rugby in the world. I think in the World Cup, Gregor Townsend went more towards the try and match teams physically because ultimately, playing like rapid yeah. fire rugby isn't how you win international games no. in this in this um, day and age. Um, but it, but it's, yeah, it's broader point. But se- second row, Gray and Gilchrist. Yes, again because Grant Gilchrist has been doing media. Yep. <laughs> I was hoping I was going to see Scott Cummings in a in a newspaper, and then I'd think mm. a bit more. I think but Cummings deserves it, but I think they'll they'll do Gilchrist and Gray. Mm. I think Gilchrist has started like a vast majority of games at second row when he's been fit for Townsend. Yeah, I yeah. think he is a bit. He's a big Townsend player. I wonder. I think we say it before every single autumn series or tour, or Six Nations, or World Cup. There could be a massive tournament for Johnny Gray. Yeah, I, I think. I think having you know the the move to Exeter. I think even that game he played against Sale, granted it wasn't Sale's best team, he was absolutely unbelievable. He was massive, yeah. I wonder if that just gives him that like extra conf- A, confidence boost and B, desire to really prove himself No, before I have, he goes. <laughs> I have a zero faith in Johnny Gray stepping up. We did. What, you think he would just be sort of solid sevens do, out do of ten? you know why? Because last year we had the exact same conversation yeah. because it was post- Glasgow playing Saracens at home. It was posted yeah, when he'd had a couple of games true. against Saracens and he'd like stepped up and we were like, this is he's it. coming. Oh, he coming. Oh, loud he coming. <laughs> and he just sort of stepped into, yes, they made 100% tackles. 5% of them have been dominant. Yeah. Done. Uh, well, he's yeah. definitely but going to start. So, I mean. I hope he proves me wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, back row. Richie Watson Bradbury, which I'd be more than happy with. Yeah, I think that's got. I think that's, the form, I think that's the form selection, and I think it's. I haven't it's seen the any of balance. them in the press. <laughs> There's only been so many days, though. You can't just. Yeah, put the whole team I mean, any back rows in the press. I think it was like though. Scrum's predicted team had Cornell Dupree. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what? I've seen a couple of people putting Rory Sutherland in ahead of Dell, but I think they've lost their minds. Dell's been playing now quite regularly for a London Irish team who are doing okay in the Premiership. Yeah, Sutherland's only just come back to playing for Edinburgh. Like, I feel like a pretty big gamble. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll happen. I'm just saying I've seen and it. And also, Sutherland wouldn't start for Edinburgh. No, oh, no, yeah, I'm not. I'm not doubting so, that. But now they were Dell, so that's why I moved. That's kind of that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, the whole exactly. problem with Edinburgh at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> no, true. Um, so, yeah, I can't really see much beyond that. I also think our options beyond that aren't great. I don't understand. I feel like Richie and Watson have to start. I think yeah. Richie and Watson, I'll be astonished if that is not six and seven. 
Yeah. Because you've got to find a way for both of them to be on the pitch. You think about Jamie Ritchie's last game for Scotland was against Japan, and he was absolutely massive. Yeah. Yeah. In oh, yeah. Defeat, like, like, unbelievable. And Hamish Watson's Hamish Watson. Mm. And then I think you've got your number eight thing. I think Bradbury, surely. Listen, that adds no, a nice... There's no chance of Matt Ferguson... He's not been brought into anything. this. They would have. They, I think they would have had to either announce or they would have brought him into the squad. Ah, okay, got you. Um, Nick Hennings appears in that team sheet tomorrow. <laughs> there were some professional photos going around of Nick Hennings today. There were yep. some profile shots. I saw that, but I'm not. He's not appeared in a broadsheet yet, so I'm not interested. <laughs> not interested in whether he's playing scrum half. Interesting conversation. This is interesting, yeah, I think he'll go Ali Price. I think he will, but I kind of think you know if. If Townsend wants to play the fastest branded rugby in the world, then why why not pick the likes of George Horn? Yeah. When you're playing against uh, an Ireland team, which I don't honestly think are going to do that much differently to Joe Schmidt's team, with Andy Farrell's the head, they're going to be like set-piece, defence-based. What have they had? Like so they're going to be... A week in camp. Yeah, like they they're going to be... that much. And they, they, the fact that they haven't gambled with um, Cooney, for example, at the scrum yeah. half, mm. like they're going to base the game around their scrum and line out and kick the leather off the ball. Just, I don't think Scotland have the game plan to, to counter that. So, <laughs> um, Our super secret source has just... Um, it's just slipped into the DMs. It's literally just slipped <laughs> with, into the DMs with, with the Scotland team. With the team. Yep. Selection of the team. Yeah. A selection of the team. Should we read it out live? Yep. So this is from our secret super secret source. <laughs> who's yet, yet to be wrong. That's true. <laughs> I want to get your guys' response to this. Yeah. And I didn't I did not know this before I said it out loud. He claims that Rory Sutherland's starting. Okay. Interesting. Hugh is starting at thirteen, which I think we probably understood. I like that. Fraser Brown, Adam Hastings, fair play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, man. Cornell Dupree on the bench, so that would say um Bradbury's Bradbury, Bradbury starting at eight. And that's it. Is that the four DMs? He comes he comes and goes. Who are you? This, this guy is a pro. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> Deep throat. Deep Who are throat. you? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> oh. That is so... We will see if... Rory Sullivan might be starting for Scotland, lads. It's a, it's a gamble, that. Yeah, that is a massive gamble. Has he played many even Six Nations games? Yeah, I don't know. He's kind of had, been someone who's kind of been around... I feel like been around for a while. I think he made his debut in 2016. Been been obviously no twenty fifteen. He was in the he was in the twenty fifteen World Cup squad. And I, I what was the injury that he had? It's groin. Yeah, it's been bad. It's bad. Been out for a long time. Um, well, let's see. That's Super secret yeah. source. Well, it, I mean, I mean, it could be we got we do get sent an awful lot of nonsense. Yeah. So let's. But as see. you said, this guy's track record so far it's a very good track it's record. Good. So we'll um, see. I mean, so that that yeah, we're talking about. Um, scrum half that I've just asked him you, who's playing at scrum half so if he comes back I'll let you know <laughs> but if you're going to go for it then I reckon you do you go for George Horn something different yeah, yeah I know I you agree know? I don't really mind you, you know what I mean I think they're fairly sort of, interchangeable I think um, I think Price's pass is probably marginally better than um, Price played well of late he has played well of late. So, but it's just that I, I'm so like I find George Horn's stats just like so beguiling. I'm just like I need to I need to see them tested at like a well, high international level. It's the start of a World Cup cycle, and I know there's arguments about whether you should be aiming to win every game in every Six Nations rather than just building for the next four years. But this seems like a pretty good. He's played in summer tours. He's played in the World Cup against like 
you know, that second tier opposition showing that he can absolutely like kill them. Yeah. Yeah. So this, it seems like now is the chance. Like every chance he's been given, he has taken. I mean, like you think about that weird, that Argentina game two years ago when he made his debut yep. and like him and Hastings absolutely carved up. Mm. Now granted, Argentina were not even half at the races that day, but yeah, I think, I think he's gone over every hurdle that um, mm. has ever been asked of him. So interesting. Who do you think should partner Hugh Jones in the center if we go with the assumption that Adam Hastings is starting at 10? Yeah. I think it'll go with Johnson. I think it'll go with... Get a 10, 12, 13. Well, 9, 10, 12, 13. I think you Glasgow. Could, I think you could maybe have made the argument for rolling the dice at 12 with a different club person if Finn was there. Maybe put Matt Scott in. But I think if you've got Adam Hastings, I think he'll maybe feel more comfortable just having Sam Johnson there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I completely get the argument for having Sam Johnson there. We sort of had this debate about how good is Sam Johnson. And I'm still relative. I'm a little bit unconvinced. Mm. I think he's had moments of pure genius. And one being against Leinster last year at the end of the season, you remember yeah, Glasgow? Yeah, nice. um, yeah, yeah. I still think, especially against like a, a fast defence, I just don't know if he has kind of the distribution skills or mm. the kind of the ability to make those passes. I think he's kind of struggled a little bit. Yeah. Um. Obviously, saw the thing he did, what he did against Exeter when they were like when they were kind of winning and on the ascendancy. Yeah. Um. And I think he can, you know, he obviously can hit that hard line. Maybe if Matt Scott had stayed fit, kind of over the festive period, he sort of had that little injury. Mm. That sort of took him out, you know. He only got, he only came back for this the second eighteen seventy two game and looked good. Yeah, when he came off the bench and had looked great at the start of the season. There's something I just like about Matt Scott at the moment. I like the way, and I think he can hit a hard line. He's got distribution skills. Obviously, he used to kind of play a bit of ten back in the day. Yeah, I've always thought that if he could get his game right and get a run of games, he mm. could. He was like Scotland's twelve. Yeah, and I think maybe this has just come a little bit too early. I, yeah, I think so. And, and as well, I'd probably, I'd question how many times Scott and Jones have played together, if yeah. ever, actually. Yeah. So I kind of think that if you have had a bit of disruption because of Hastings coming in, you kind of think, right, we don't want to completely rip up things. We want some continuity, and you keep, you know, the majority of that Glasgow, whether the whole Glasgow midfield. No Hutchinson at twelve. Interestingly, interviewed in the uh, yeah, I, I, in a paper I get the, I get the, the sense he's going to be that um, on the bench. And he covering, does offer a huge, covering ten huge amount off the bench. Well, it'll be interesting because which is pretty you'd class. Ass, you'd assume no, might be wrong with this. That it was going to be Hog, Maitland, and Kinghorn, probably. Which means you've kind of just got that. If someone goes down in that back three, they can sort of King Kinghorn can move to ten. And then could Hutchinson play on the wing, do you think? Or No, I think Hutchinson would go to 10. Hutchinson's been... So, I mean, if Hogg goes down, Kinghorn would move to fullback. And if Hutchinson was on the bench, could he play wing as well? Yeah, you, I think you'd maybe move... I don't know, but you, you could move Hutchinson to 13 and then put Jones on the wing. Yeah. For instance. I just wonder whether they just go a bit safer and have one of Price or Horn... The pudding, and then Chris Harris. But yeah. Hutchinson was saying he's been running at ten in in the camp. I'd just be surprised if if they've got the pudding in camp. If they wouldn't put him in the squad as a specialist ten, yeah, he just completely doesn't fit 
the style that Tanjan says he wants to play though. Why are you hating on the Putin? I'm not. <laughs> He's an extremely traps. effective rugby player. Um, I agree. Hutchinson hasn't really played any pro games at 10, though. I, I agree. I think it would be... His last game was at under-20s level, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's played for Northampton in the Premiership 10. Not in the last two years. Nah. No. So, yeah, it could be too risky. That's um, why I think you, I think it's why I think they ha- they will definitely put Duncan Ware at 10. And then that's then it feels like Hutchinson's potentially a little bit too limited to put in the... the and then it just... Chris Harris just fits the bill, right? Cause he well, that's yeah. the yeah. Centre and back Pretty three. back three. Really. Yeah. And they clearly do like Chris Harris. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll keep him in. And Chris Harris seems like a really nice guy, to be fair. Yeah, he's doing well for Gloucester. I'm like, yeah, quite lucky. Yeah, he sort of kind of shuffled into that centre partnership, and he seems to be starting a yeah, lot of yeah. games, yeah, yeah, either with Atkinson or 12 Trees. Yeah. Or Cipriani's kind of dropped. And... Which is why I thought that he would be starting in this game, or would be there and thereabouts. But I was kind of quite surprised. Actually, the Hugh Jones made like a really sort of late charge. Yeah, think about it. Maybe Tooney is going to resurrect... Jones at 12, Harris at 13 from that fateful day in Cardiff. <laughs> Cardiff 2017. Oh, God. So bad. There. Was terrible, bad. terrible. PTSD from yeah. that game. Maybe. Um, so, Super I, Secret Source has so, only said that Jones is in. I'm assume, We've just assumed he's playing 13. Well, that is true. Who knows? Maybe he's playing 10. And then, yeah, we back three we talked about there. I don't, well, with I don't Darcy out, I think Kinghorn's obviously yeah. next cab off the rank. And do, mm. do, do you think so? You don't think McGuigan... Nah, and then McGugan's it- been playing well. I think I think Kinghorn's just a far better Ratu Tagivi rugby player. Tagivi saw some footage of him in like this Scotland like sort of fitness conditioning video that went up. Yeah, he is an absolute beast. He's like a f- uh, yeah. amazing athlete. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just- I feel like there's loads of sort of Islander athletes like him though, sort of kicking around. You know, like playing in like pro D do. Should we talk about the Ireland team then? The Ireland team. Which I did have up in front of me a second ago. So it looks pretty good. <laughs> they start with the back line. I don't know, like Murray and Sexton. I'm kind of a bit surprised. I thought Murray they... and Sexton have presided over pumpings of Scotland so they, many times recently. They know how to pump Scotland. Yeah. The only thing I. Why have Ireland named their team on Tuesday? Because like, Gat- Gatland did that last year with Wales. Is, it, really is it that they just are like, whatever, Scotland's can't beat us anyway it's like a mind games thing supposedly they said it's a way to kind of like relax people yeah uh, and supposedly a lot of the time they know the team by like monday Mm. and they've got to do press and they're not allowed to say the team even though everyone knows they know the team yeah and it's actually just be like look nothing's really going to change right Mm. we're not going to change our game plan etc just there's the team and get Saxon's still going to run some some loops (laughs) yeah and mario is going to do some really good box kicks yeah exactly that uh, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I think, just feel like in in actually all of that backline, maybe with the exception of Larmer, they're just people who are used to beating Scotland. Conway, you're not that worried about Conway, are you? I, I'm not really. I forgot. I thought it was um, Earl. I'm worried about time. you know Keen Healy, Tag Furlong, well, Ian yeah, Henderson, James, James Ryan. Ryan, Josh Van der Fleer. Even Stander, Stander has made mince meat of Scotland. He's just a cl- he's a class. He may be. Slightly over the hill from where he was, but he's still yeah. a top-class operator in the back row at Six yeah. Nations level. Yeah. yeah. I don't know too much about Doris, but he seems to be the talk of the town in Ireland. I haven't seen him play. He's getting big licks from a lot of Irish people. Mm. It feels like he's just one of those Lancer guys that they chuck in, and he's just like to the manner born. 
just so so comfortable. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Like, well, I'm, Jack Cohn is not even in the squad, and he was sort of the same. He's injured. Really? Was he injured? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I just, I just think that Ireland team just, just guys. As Rob Wainwright, Wainwright was talking about, like it's that sort of mental edge of knowing how to beat Scotland. It's, it's that being I, used to beating Scotland. I mean, it's also just like if you look at the bench and you start ringing, ringing the subs, mm. and you have got Kilcoyne, Porter, Toner, Pete Mahoney, Cooney, Byrne, Henshaw to call on at some it's stage. Punchy, isn't it? it is that, pretty good. That twenty-three is pretty decent yeah and i think we were talking about it when we saw the ireland team i think you'd say those props probably better than scotland's props yeah second rows i mean there's i don't think there's rob, rob herring's an them. interesting one because i don't think a lot of people thought um keller would start yeah he's potentially something to target in the line yeah. out just because he's you know not at that many. he's a good good like experienced club player but could be something to target but yeah one three four five Six, seven. Six, the seven. thing is, one, three, four, five, six, seven have probably, I know we beat them in 2017, but they've had like five, six years yeah. of consistently pretty consistently. And I mean, the last time they played, they absolutely hosed us in the World Cup yeah. with a pretty similar spine of a team. Yeah. Um, and the four and fives, I mean, Henderson and James Ryan is, like, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I think toss up. I think Jamie Ritchie, I really think, is a, a phenomenal player. But then again, Stander and Watson can probably go toe to toe with Van der Fleer. But mm. like, it's kind of toss ups. There's not like clear differentials where Scotland have got no. No. the better player in yeah. a number of positions. It's an interesting one. Not, not that I'm prophesizing that we'll lose, but on the pretty big kind of, you know, we probably will lose, right? <laughs> and we'll probably lose not because it's Adam Hastings rather than Finn Russell but because Leinster got a bigger pack and Leinster a, but yes yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. but, but you're yeah, not wrong totally. is it almost is it almost a benefit for like Gregor Townsend that they can kind of get through the first game or you know potentially the first two games and say they come out with two losses and they're like it's it's fed they can almost blame it a little bit on the Finn saga yeah kind of yeah. distracts from potentially what is hmm. I mean 100% Tom English has an article ready to go about how Scotland are like well, getting overpowered pushes. and yeah, bullied. Yeah, bullied up front. But yeah. it's almost like kind of you know, like ah, oh, the Finn saga. Look at the Finn saga. When actually, ultimately, that's not oh. been while we've lost matches. It's all, it is. It's it's quite an interesting um, argument in the pro column for not bringing back Finn for England. Because if you bring back Finn for England, having lost to Ireland, everyone will then be like, oh, yeah, sweet, we're Finn's win. back. We're probably yeah, going to yeah. win. Yeah. And then if we lose to England as well, you're like, oh, God, we're actually just... Yeah. We're actually just not that good. Mm. But yeah. Oh, it'll God, just, so you really took down a negative, just, negative slam. Yeah, there. it would just be interesting to see how the, the style that Scotland like to play and whether they do just, you know, go for it. Um. Which I think is sort of I what mean, I think, I think that they, is... they talk about doing a lot of the time. You're right in terms of Tooney came in and was like, I want to play the fastest banner yeah. rugby. 100% at the World Cup, we were not the fastest banner Yeah, what's rugby. happened to that? I think there was there was a sense in the World Cup that he wasn't 100% sure about that strategy. You know? Yeah. And I, I, may, maybe post-World Cup, the debriefs and everything, he's sort of gone, oh, you know what, this is what I believe in. Like, I'd rather go out doing what I believe in than... You know, something that's not me, not true to myself. Yeah. 
But uh, then again, it goes back to this point that I just don't think that's how you win Test Rugby these days. No. Japan beat won a Test Rugby match against Scotland playing like that. Yeah, and, and, then they, and then they played South Africa, who just played in the forwards and absolutely pumped them. Yeah, but that's how they beat Ireland. Yeah, true. True. Um... So what you you're not prophesizing that we're going to lose, but what do you think is going to happen, Alan? Oh, I think we're going to get pumped. <laughs> pumped. I, I, the spread is the spread's thirteen points, it's making Ireland thirteen point favourites at the moment. Do you think that's about right? I think it's probably a little bit generous, to be honest, especially with Finn being out. Do you I think, think we could what be fifteen twenty. I think we chatted about it, and I think we were pretty. I, I reckon we'd be pretty spot on. Where I think we'll get to fourteen nil down after about twenty five minutes. We'll probably go in at half time, maybe fourteen six or seventeen six, and it'll dribble out at like twenty four nine, and we'll like, or maybe we'll score one try in like the seventy third minute. Yeah, we'll chuck a punch in the last round. I could see it being like forty two twenty. Oh, like a real dicking. I could see Ireland scoring a lot of points. I mean, that is the thing. They're We've at home. They're at home. They're as at well. home. I suppose it's a big test for. Steve Tandy, new um, new defence coach. Yeah, I haven't talked about him. He'd be getting... I've heard a few things where people have talked quite positively. Yeah, about yeah. Saying about how they've... There was obviously some feedback coming out of camp about how they've been enjoying... It's like a simpler defensive pattern. And actually, they've uh, been like... A, people, the players have bought into it more. The blue wall. The blue wall. I mean, it all remains to be seen, but they're starting from a very low bar of we're shipping like 30 points a game. And it's mm. pretty much like a standard issue with a freebie seven within the first five minutes for anyone who dares to yeah. enter our 22. <laughs> I, really, I mean, if we, can, if we can get to 10 minutes having not conceded a point, I'm, I'm going to be absolutely delighted. I really hope they've just been sending the forwards off to like Peter de Villiers. Like, just like a corner of the ground. Yeah. Peter de Villiers just, like, smoking, not speaking English, only speaks French. Just, like, yeah. get, gets, them all, gets them all in, just, like, screams at them on, like, this, on the scrummaging machine constantly for an hour. It's like quite aggressive. Then they leave and he just, like, looks walks all right. off. It looks right. Climate looks quite nice down in, um, down in Spain where the squad is. What's the rationale behind going to... It's Portugal, isn't it? Is it Spain? No, it's Spain. What's the rationale behind that? Uh, getting away from fresh... Press and Press, pressure. Yes. I was trying to do both, but in one word. Mm. Um, although we say that, and I'm like, what? They're in St. Andrews getting like hounded what? by Pap- people. Papped and I mean, central. also, there is a traveling, there is a traveling press corps with the Scotland yeah, exactly. team at the moment. So it's like, not like getting away with the press. I guess it's taking them out of a normal environment, maybe getting them thinking big tournament. Like this is a preparation period rather than... Well, Eng- England it, do it, I suppose, it don't it they? It pulls them out of their... Going back to their own flat, or I guess like their natural surroundings of Edinburgh and Glasgow. Yeah, but they go and train in St Andrews and all stay in the same hotel. Yeah, maybe they didn't feel St Andrews far enough away. It's the bubble, man. It's a weird Ooh. place, St Andrews. To be fair, yeah, that's true. One thing we haven't talked about is I don't think Adam Hastings will be like overawed though. I don't feel like he's. I, I just no, no. And he, you know, he has played for Scotland, right? Yeah. He's not. He he. He's the sort of player that does seem to like. He loves. He loves it. He loves he'll, the big he'll occasion. Keep, he'll keep taking the ball to the line, even if he's getting smashed back the first few times he does it. Yeah, like he's not going to die wondering. Right, a tackle, yeah. unbelievably yeah. as well. It's just the sort of. It's just knowing. I suppose it was you know when he played in that Wales game that was like the Doddy Weir yeah. extra match. Yeah, I think he started that. Yeah, I think it was just a few times he did get caught behind the game line because his decision making in terms of maybe 
you know, kicking to the corner. That's true. I think he's hadn't developed enough. I think he's come on enough. But I think yeah, he's yeah, exactly. had a lot of bigger tests since then, not least the Heineken Cup games for Glasgow where he's played well. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I think it's the first time Adam Hastings has had a run of games for Glasgow which he, where he's been playing well and he is the man, kicking goals, doing everything. And then he's going to get the chance to roll that straight into a Scotland game. Because mm. usually he'd be yeah, going to the Scotland camp, playing second yeah. fiddle, sitting the bench, And, and knowing is. no matter how well he's playing, he's not going to dethrone Finn. So like, it's, it's quite an interesting opportunity for him. I mean, like, and you've got to think, in, in Adam Hastings' back of his head should be, or somebody in the Scotland camp should be saying, look at him, if you go out, score 20 points and you'll get man of the match and we beat yeah. Ireland, who's to say we're bringing back, we're bringing back Finn for yeah. England? Yeah, like this is your opportunity. Mm. Yeah, hopefully his old man's saying that to him. Like, could this be the moment he steps up? Oh, stop being so optimistic. I'm not. I'm really not. Shake but I do. I do, <laughs> I do think that Adam Hastings. No, it's a very interesting um, huge subplot. Yeah, I think he's come on a huge amount, um, and I think he's well liked within the squad. I think he's playing in the comfortable surroundings of people that he knows, particularly yep. if they pick that Glasgow backline we'll be talking mm. about. Why not? Should we do quiz and then predictions? Quiz, predictions, then him. It's yep. getting quite late. It is now. quite late. That's it's fair. Come on, Alan. Right. What you got the for us? broad theme is um, last 2010 to 2019 Scotland v. Ireland Six Nations games. Yep. Okay. Nice theme. So nice little ones. Just, just How'd you come up with that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> nice one just to open up. Out of the 10 games, how many do we win? How many did Scotland win? Um, so 2010, did you say? 2010 to 2019, how many games have Scotland won? Do you want me to go through all the questions? Or we go? Let's just do one at a time. It's a bit faster, yeah. I think. Um, Dave? I'm going to say we have won that one, maybe that one. Two? I've got three. Three is correct. I got 2010. You got 2017 when we won at home. Yep. Yeah, and then we also won in 2013 when I think Ireland had 70, like eight percent. Was that when we won like nine seven? It's twelve eight. Yeah, all <laughs> kicks. Oh yeah. Um, okay, lovely stuff. Over the last ten years, ten Scotland players have scored points against Ireland. <laughs> oh wow! Both kicks and tries. Okay. Dave, do you want to kick us off? I will, I literally, I will literally kick us off with Greg Laidlaw. Laidlaw has scored points in 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Come on, Matt. I've got another if you want to go. Um, Hog. Hog has three tries. Three tries. One in 2016 and then two in 2017 when the win at home. The 2016 was an abs- that absolute belter where he went on the outside of... Um, 100%. Yeah. 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 Went in between like Rory Best and... Yeah. The two the slowest people. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alex Dunbar. One of my favorite Scotland tries. Dunbar. Two tries. Two tries. He scored one in that game where Hogg scored the screamer. The, the trick and the trick lineout. Yeah, and the very trick good. Line out. That's what I was going to say. Uh, Johnny Beatty. Johnny Beatty is correct. Try in 2010 in the win. Which gives me the great pleasure of saying Dan Parks. Dan <laughs> Parks is correct. 2010 and 2011, he got some points. Nice. Uh, Finn Russell. Finn Russell has never scored a kick against Ireland in the Six Nations. But, but he scored a try. a try in 2015. Yes, he, he scored did. the only try when we got absolutely when Adam Ash put him in at the corner. Absolutely yeah. correct. Who else scored in that game? Right. Dave, who you I'm got? No, you got four people left. Ooh. 
Three try scorers and one kicker. Duncan Ware? Duncan Ware is not correct. Aish. Oh, I Although I think he, he has played in a few games, but with obviously Laidlaw at nine. Yeah. Oh, well, he's not been kicking. Um, Seymour. Seymour is incorrect. Ah, uh, uh, I know. Uh, Kinghorn. Kinghorn, Very 2018. Good. Try. Um, Another kicker, do you say? There's one kicker and then one person with two tries and one person with one try. Patterson? Patterson had a kick in 2011. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so now we're looking for somebody who's got two and someone who's got one try against that. Tw- 2012, 2016, and 2019. 2019 is the one that we really should remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is, I'm opening up to the floor now. I hated that. Oh, I've well. got, I've got it. I've got one of them. Who? Go on then. Richie Gray. Richie Gray oh, is the yes. doubly try scorer. The, the, the big Carney the big dummy. Watching. 2012 was the the big Carney dummy, and then yeah. 2016 he scored actually when Finn just popped him and went under the posts. And who scored the try last year? We were on a stag for this, mate. We watched it together. Which stag? Uh, the one in fucking Norwich. <laughs> I wasn't on that. I was I was away. Ah. Uh, I missed that game. I was actually. Um, I won't say it, it's really cringe. Um, I mean, if you can say it if you want. I was on safari. So. Oh, God. One oh, absolute play. Um, I literally can't think. Hugh Jones? Got any clues? You kind of on the right track. Sam Johnson? No. <laughs> yes. Oh, was it? Oh, he scored uh, off the oh, pot from oh, Finn. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. Finn got the interception yeah, of... Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I was trying to think, where was I for that game? I was at the stadium watching it live at Murrayfield. <laughs> and actually, that was at my end. Um, sitting in like West 5 or whatever it is, wherever I sit. Oh, God, right. yeah. <laughs> so, I just realized that I actually did some work earlier looking at what the average scores were. Yeah. And I've deleted it, but I actually think I remember it. What do you think the average scores have been by each side in the, over the last 10 games? So average points average point scored Average points scored by Scotland. Okay. I'm going to say 25 for Ireland. Um, I'll go 24 for Ireland. 26. <laughs> oh, oh. It was 25.6. So I ran oh, the wrong way. Uh, Scotland, I'll say... 16. 17. He's 16. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, I was just to say, out of the 23 who played the 2010 test, there's two Scotland rugby players who are still professional rugby players. Who are they? Oh. Can you say that again? Because the super secret source has just said that Ali Price is starting at Scrum Half. <laughs> so this has been so good. You, Live can you, can, you ask, can you ask the question again? Uh... Out of the starting 23 for the 2010 game against Ireland, there's now just two people still playing professional rugby. That's a long time ago. I'm going to say Laidlaw. Laidlaw is not in the 23. Mm-hmm. It was Chris Custer starting and captain, and then Mike Blair came off the bench mm-hmm. for Custer. I think Laidlaw made his debut in 2010. Be- Beatty was at eight. Yep. Barkley. Barkley was at yeah. seven. And Richie. And Richie Gray was on the bench, actually. Nice. Yeah. He had a st- starring row of Jim and Kellogg. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Chunk, Dickinson, Ford. Chunk, Ford, Murray, Hamilton, Kellogg, Killer Bees, 
custard pack. You take, you'd take that pack, wouldn't you? Morrison, oh. DeLuca, Max Evans, Sean Lamont, Hugo Southwell. I feel there's enough in that if you had a good coach to make it into like a pre. Yeah, they did. They fucking beat them. Well, they, they did, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that was. Was that their one winner of that tournament? Is that, really, is that all he's given us? Price starting at nine? Well, I just asked who was playing Scrum Half. Nice. The, the one thing we didn't talk about was our buddy SRU Insider. Oh, yeah. Christ. Should we save so that we, for next week? Should we have it as a parting gift for anyone who's made it to the end? Because we've gone over an hour now. A little, uh, a little gift. We've got I think a- we save it for up front. I think it's, I think it's interesting news. I can't save- remember what this news is. Remember the Saracen stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Do we save it for the start of next? Yeah, week yeah, yeah. Save it for next. Yeah, when people are still there. Chat about England as well. When people are oh, still. Oh yeah, it would fit nicely with England, won't it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sorry yeah. for the uh, <laughs> sorry for the cliffhanger, lads. But, <laughs> <laughs> we will be back next week to um, celebrate Scotland's big win against Ireland and preview um, retaining the Calcutta Cup. Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.